When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans. Danilo's free, and it goes to Gibbs Hello and welcome to the last episode of Red Side of Trend before the 23-24 Premier League season kicks off next weekend as we visit um, the new holders of the Community Shield earlier, Arsenal. Um, I'm joined on this one by Adam Wicklow and Christian Brown, and no Lee Clark for this one, so how are things guys, all good? Splendid, although that what? was a ball fest of a community yeah, field it's, just, it's just a friendly isn't it let's that's, that's, that's be honest it's, I've enjoyed some championships the last friendly now don't they City I've enjoyed some championship months. fixtures over the weekend yeah though, so yeah the, um, nice. the three games today were all actually quite good so yeah. I've not watched the championship for about a year so yeah um, anyway, I'll I'll start off with a bit of a roundup from our last podcast. Um, Forest have had three more friendlies since then, in which we lost one nil away in the Netherlands to PSV PSV Eindhoven. It was a night to forget as we were beaten five nil by Rennes, um, the French side at St George's Park in Burton, before we rounded off the pre-season campaign in Germany yesterday against Eintracht Frankfurt with a nil nil draw, which um, we did for several periods of that game were lucky, but in the end was a bit unlucky not to win it because we had a goal disallowed for a very marginal offside, it seemed. Um, Christian, you went to that game. I mean, what did you make of our final pre-season friendly? It was, yeah, it was obviously much better. It was more than you expect. I suppose I've been very consistent that I don't think pre-season really matters too much. Like, the reason why I went was because it's a chance to see Forest in Europe and <laughs> doesn't come around very often. Um, but, like we were decent in spells, definitely. As the first half, oh, that's how I'd expect us to play against Arsenal, to be honest, with very little chances. Um, and just camping basically because that's more likely how the game's going to go. But the second half, we showed we can play in that formation and definitely cause teams problems. Not entirely sure I agree with Danilo being shunted out to the right somewhat, but other than when he went back to the middle, he looked a lot better. Uh, Mangala was. Was exceptionally very good and yeah no it was it was decent performance like 
it was obviously I know obviously we lost five nil to Ren in midweek and as a bit of a meltdown to put it mildly on the timeline about that. But no, that was more in line with it was a semi-competitive game. Forest looked moderately decent. Take it into next week and see what we can do. Yeah, I I flipped um to and from it because obviously the um EFL kicked off yesterday, so I was checking the scores and the last ten minutes I actually thought we was really positive and we actually like I said in the intro we did actually score, but unfortunately it was ruled out, which summed up our luck really in pre-season. But um enjoy the stadium, enjoy the city. Yeah, it was nice. The ground's really nice. Um, I haven't been to Spurs yet, but there's a few near us who were saying that it was like a louder version of that. Like the acoustics are really good. Mm. So before the game, they because obviously it's a, an ultimate game before their season kicks off. They've got like a German Cup game next Saturday. They introduced all their players one by one, and yeah, PSV did the, the same. Raw, which some, is yeah, the European thing. It's weird. The raw some of the players got was not nuts. Like Goethe, Kolo mm. uh, Mwani, Hasebi, especially just like. Yeah, it was like very loud. So was, I think they they had two upper tiers, not full, but it was still like I think twenty eight thousand that went to that. So obviously we only had about a thousand or so there. So it was a pretty you know, for a friendly, it was pretty full. And yeah, no, it was like lovely city as well. Very very quiet, very like slow paced, which I found quite surprising. But no, it was good. Good. Right, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit for you, Adam. So I mean. A 5-0 defeat in midweek to Rennes, um, who for argument's sake were beat yesterday by Wolves 3-1. Um, I mean, that did cause a bit of <laughs> meltdown on Twitter for some, as Christian said. Um, in all, we've only scored three goals in pre-season. All of those have come against sides who are below us in terms of league standing. Um, obviously, not countering the fourth tier of English football and Levante in the second tier of Spain. Does the lack of goals and style concern you going into the new season and or do you expect that to change? I'd like to think it would change because goals win your games ultimately, don't they? But I th- I don't I don't really remember last season being very a uh, like goal friendly kind of campaign yeah. for Forest pre-season. It never we, seems to be. I don't ever think we've ever like where we've like thumped teams in pre-season. I kind of think Cooper's maybe focused on that Arsenal game and gone, well, this is how we're going to be against Arsenal. And I think he spoke about us playing in circ- like in circumstances that aren't un- that aren't uh, normal for players. Like he's playing players when they're actually quite tired. So they're, they're, we're having like double sessions or triple sessions in pre-season to get the fitness up. And then we're having a game like later that day. So he's obviously pushing them to their limits in terms of fitness because last season you'd probably say we were... We, we we had we didn't have the ball very much, so we had to be very very fit. And he's obviously worked on that this season because then now we're probably not going to be having those sort of circumstances going into the Premier League season, and we're probably still not expected to have a lot of the ball. I'd like to think we'll have a bit more of the ball against teams that are similar to us in the table. So hopefully it will change. And then obviously, a Wundy what played what two games, maybe one and a half games, because I don't know what's happened to him. He's obviously picked up a knock or whatever. Chris Wood. Apparently has looked actually not too bad this preseason, though hasn't had had too many uh, chances at goal, or maybe made a miss miss a few howlers as you guys have put. So I think it will change, but I do expect us to still be very counter-attacking, still very frustrating to play against in terms of the whole low block thing. And I know people don't like that, but people have also got to be a bit realistic in terms of what we've got, haven't we? Really, because you think mm. from like. 
like maybe even tenth upwards. Every team is very, very good in this division. Even probably some of the teams below. So what we're we we we've got to compete in a way that is suited to us, and and that is playing on the counter attack. And even if I think even if you look back at Cluffy's teams that played on the counter attack, so there's always there's several wins, several ways to skin a cat, as they say, isn't there, Reese? There is, mate. Um, yeah, I think Wood had a chance against Rens. I didn't. I didn't watch that game, the Rens one. Um, I was playing paddle tennis, but um, yeah, so it was it was fun to see, finish that. See, was four 0 down. Um, going back like previous preseason, I think last year we drew two two with Knots because I went to that game. I remember us drawing one 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 two with Valencia because um, I think Brennan Johnson equalised late on against them. I mean, we've said this privately, but. If Forest had won every preseason game five nil, and we had the squad, which the whole fan base thought, yeah, this is the squad for the season, we would still be massive underdogs going into that Arsenal game. Oh, so, absolutely. It, so it's good for, be- for, for some context for that Arsenal game. Um, asked, I had a look earlier on, on Skybet, just have a little scan. Arsenal with a handicap of minus three is only four to one. I'm guessing like, they're probably about of, what, like, maybe one to four, one to five to win the game. I'm guessing Arsenal. Yeah, I, it's, it's, like yeah, it's a, it's a very valid point. It's something we all spoke about. Like we could have had Henderson, Sanger, uh, a left back, call it Roberto Carlos, still be a tough ask. We'd still be <laughs> massive underdogs for this game. Like, mm. so yeah, we've think... got we've, we've got to just kind of we've got to frustrate Arsenal like we did at the City Ground, and we'll obviously we'll talk about it a little bit later, yeah. and I'll speak to. Amanda, who I'm speaking to from the same old Arsenal podcast, she'll probably mm. say you frustrated us, and that's the, probably the way we've got to go about it. I mean, mm. I watched—I don't know if you guys watched the Community Shield too intensely today, but they played Kai Averts through the middle, and when I watched him for Chelsea last season, he was very much the same, where he wasn't a focal point and he wasn't in the game. And if Arsenal play Kai Averts centre forward, I'll be very happy because I don't—I don't think he suits that role. It was well, very he, surprising. He, not to play someone like Enketia, who's going to stretch defences at least. I'd imagine he probably will play Havertz because Jesus is injured, isn't he? Um, yeah. They gave Enketia that contract, didn't he? But I always thought he was always going to be a backup to uh, Jesus. And obviously now they brought Havertz in. Who's... With Havertz, you kind of don't really know what his best position is, isn't he? He's, he's, is he like a false nine? Is he a number 10? It's it's, it's one of them. But um, Going back to us, obviously, like you mentioned, Adam, um, with Tyro Wanyi, I mean, we've not heard much about him. So I don't know whether that's a bit of a sign to worry. I've seen somebody put on Twitter earlier, usually when we go quiet on injuries, it's kind of like, <laughs> oh, it uh, might be a bit of a, he might be out for a month and we're kind of chasing a striker so we can hammer the price down. But um, yeah, that's obviously all rumours at the minute. But hopefully Tyro can be fit for um, Saturday. Um, Christian, I mean, unfortunately, we, we can't bring the listeners any news of any new signings because it's nothing as of yet um, from last week's pod, despite plenty of links. We've been linked with probably about 100 goalkeepers with about 100 players from uh, South America. And it sounds like 100 centre-backs as well, but none actually through the door yet. Um, Steve Cooper did say in his interview... Um, after after one of the friendlies, it might have been the Wrens friendly, I think, and that was still need players, which we all agree with on this part. I think the whole fan base agrees with that. I mean, what key positions would you say are crucial to see added before the trip on Saturday? Goalkeeper, definitely. I mean, it's uh, you imagine it looks like the Matt Turner thing will happen now, which 
it's another discussion for whether it could be later today or another time at all. But, um, but yeah, goalkeepers are definitely essential. I mean, don't me wrong, I thought George Shelby played very well against Eintracht Frankfurt in a friendly. That was probably his first piece of exposure to a crowd of that size. I we can't throw him in against Arsenal. It's just not. It's not no. fair on him above all else. No, like, of course not. No, just not not prepared for it. So no. goalkeeper is definitely a burning priority for us, really. Uh, and and centre back as well. One thing I know, fair enough. Again, this free season, so I'm not to read too much into it, but. We we'll, we can all tell you that you know, the back three of McKenna, Bolly, and Morrow isn't going to win any sprint relays, and Frankfurt just clipped the ball over the top every time, and Kolo Mawani just ran onto it and just beat the back line every single time. You had Ina and Aurier basically coming in to act as like the last line or a last defender. So that I would say centre back and goalkeeper definitely the main two, but it's it's just very frustrating. Like I feel it's far too simplistic to just go. I'll blame Ross Wilson. Like, I feel that's just a new sort of like popular phrase for our fans at the minute because obviously he's, he's effectively you know, replaced, well, not replaced Gary Brazil, but you know, Gary Brazil's not been retained. And it seems like he's just become public enemy number one without people really knowing much of the ins and outs about it. And he's just seemingly being held responsible for the fact that Forest haven't signed anyone either. Well, I don't necessarily think that's, that's entirely fair. Like a lot of the players we're going for, are obviously highly ambitious targets. It's like we've gone from one side of the spectrum to the other. Someone actually compared it pretty well to it's like the 2010-11 season when we wanted uh, Prattley and Whittingham, and you know we knew they were high-profile targets, and we knew that it was going to go, it was going to take a while to get them over the line. At least he's not you know, come out and said they want. Yeah, at least he's not come out fucking want clown to like Mark Arthur. Us. Yeah, conversation stupid and comments like that. <laughs> But it just it just seems yeah. a bit like that where we are going for ambitious targets and it's going to take time. It's they're not like ones you can just close like on FIFA on loose negotiations and get it done. But equally, at this moment in time, Cooper hasn't been backed. The team, I don't think we've necessarily got that much weaker. I'd say obviously we're weaker in goal. Jury's still out at left back, really. I mean, I, I rated Renan Lodi very highly, as you all know, but. Ida very so far looks very capable of maybe taking that role. So realistically, the only person player um we're looking well position we're looking weak in is in net. So because we don't have and even if we bring Matt Turner in, he won't be as good as Henderson or Navas. His record suggests that as well. So that I'd say goalkeeper is definitely the most burning priority. But yeah, we need some speeds in the back line. Obviously, when the Akate plays, we all notice it just instantly because he's making recovery runs that the others just can't do or don't have the legs to do. So we need um yeah, I say those are the two we right. If we if you say to me right now, you can only sign two players before the Arsenal game, it'll be a goalkeeper at centre back. Basically yeah. let's go to the point. Yeah, that's why I kind of said like not emergency but like key. I mean this we know we need probably more players down the line, but we could kind of get by a few games and kind of to the end of the window if it meant holding on a couple more weeks to get the right target. Um, Ina impressed me at PSV as well. You could clearly see he was struggling um, because he was blowing towards the end of the half because he's probably not had a full pre-season. So it might take a little bit of time to get him up to speed and you might see, I don't know, after an hour maybe at Arsenal, maybe if Ore starts at right back, maybe Nico Williams coming in and filling in at left back. Um, yeah, that's what happens. Uh, yeah, yeah, Williams came off. Because of the fitness thing. So, um yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if that happened. But um, we shall see this week. Um, so what we got five days before, obviously, Arsenal, the sixth day of the week until we play them. Um, 
<laughs> for, for loads of fans, that, that'll be music to people's ears because pre-season's now done and out of the way. And we now get down to the serious stuff next weekend, which starts on Friday night. Um, the Premier League does with the treble winners, Man City, they visit Burnley. For us, we start with an early kickoff on Saturday, which is on the newly named TNT Sports, for BT Sports in Old English, that is for folk. Um, before we chat about that game and give our predictions and a few other bits and bars, we're going to go through our Premier League predictions with a table for the season. So we're going to start with yours then, Adam. So you've all sent me this privately. Lee's also sent me his. I'm ready so, for Christian to absolutely destroy me for some of these. So I'm going to, I'll pick through. We'll start with, obviously, this is a Forest podcast. So we'll start with Forest and you've gone for them in 14th. Why why do you think we'll finish 14th? Well, well it, I, I don't know if you fell off your chair when I put them 11th initially, because that was a bit... And then I've seen in pre, pre-season and obviously the business we've done. I just think 14th is quite a nice position. I think if if you fin- if we finish there, it's still progression from last yes, season, especially agree. if we finish a little bit more comfortably. I do think... I, th- I do think from 10th to 20th, or maybe 10th to like 16th, is is up for grabs. It's almost like a championship kind of like farce in terms of like you don't really know because obviously teams could be all over the shop and lots of teams have had like either no players or have had a few players, new managers as well. So it's kind of all that uh that kind of ordeal. So I just think like I'd plump Forest in the middle, kind of be a bit more realistic in terms of like let's just progress a little. If we can finish 14th, it's still good. And then, and and we kind of work out. The only problem is, is we finish fourteenth, and we kind of a bit like a palace where we're a bit yo-yo every week, where we win one, lose one, or and and draw one like every so often or whatever you want to call it, do in a sequence. Then we probably lose Gibbs White or Brennan Johnson the following season if they do relatively well, like a, like a, like what Eze did last season. I think that they they kind of then get in the shop window in that sense. So it'd be a reinvestment, but. Before before we even get into it, I don't want to be negative, but yeah, 14th, I think that's perspective. Respectable. Yeah, like you say, it's progression. And if we can, I don't know, be in this league with, say, half a dozen games to spare this season, you've got it's such a tough league, isn't it? There's so many teams who spend so much more money than us. I mean, I'm just looking at the teams in there at the top half at the minute. Um, so you've obviously gone for Manchester City to win the league. Um, you've got Arsenal in second. The teams you've got to go down. Everton, Luton and Sheffield United. Um, what's made you go for them three to go down? I mean, Sheffield United, I just think without real investment and losing ill man in Jai is like a huge deficit to them. Obviously, then who have they got to really be their creative outlet other than Sander Berg? I, I, I don't really see where they're going to score enough goals. I mean, Ollie McBurney could surprise us all, but for me, he's like bottom end championship standard if I'm honest like he had that one good season for Swansea and he somehow got a, he's like swindled a 20 million pound move to Sheffield United and he's been having their pants down ever since so for me I just think an aging team that's not had no re- no real investment will will struggle and I mean Sheffield United fans com- com- completely disagree with me on that their home form is going to be such a big big thing for them this season and obviously Heggenbottom's never managed at this level so a big test for him, obviously. People might not like him from a Porish point of view, but he's obviously a half decent manager getting them up. I know you're nodding your head, no reason, but yeah, I just think Sheffield no, United, it, Sheffield United did, haven't got enough, they haven't got enough in no, the tank. He, to did, do he did do a good job last year because there was under that embargo, and how many times have we heard 
excuses of oh the ownership's an absolute mess so the team's a mess on the pitch so fair play to him in that I mean, I mean I am I am looking forward to seeing the first on the Friday night when we see Anel Adzic and go oh we had him in our academy why didn't we play him <laughs> so that'll be that'll be amusing um, and then obviously Luton I think I, I think it'll be a great story if they stay up that'll be amazing but I just can't I can't see it the, the, the signings they've made are to prepare for if they go back down and I think that's very smart from their point of view but the money is life changing for them they sort they pay for their new stadium straight away they probably pay for a new training ground as well if they need that and then an investment in the squad to potentially come back up if they do go down I just think they won't have enough again quality I just think the diff like we all said last season when we when we played that game against Newcastle and then West Ham the, the difference in speed and quality is, is is a massive gulf and then so I just think Luton will struggle in that sense unless they have like an absolute unbelievable home record but I just I just can't see them getting enough I think they'll get more away points than they will own points weirdly um because I just think people underestimate them a little bit, but I just don't think they'll have enough. And then Everton, again, haven't made huge investment of struggle the last few seasons. I think it's just about time they go down and we see a bit of a meltdown. And honestly, it's nothing against Everton. I actually think they're a really like they're they're quite a nice like club to to have around. I just think they've been they've been on like hanging on by the thread, haven't they, for a they've while? Been like that for. But, they had a period in the 90s when it's like that, and they obviously had a good period under David Moyes, and then they've obviously spent a lot of money, wasted it, and they've been kind of sunken remember, ever since, really. I always remember that Premier League years where Joe Royal keeps them up like yeah. by the skin of their teeth somehow. But uh, yeah, the, the thing with Everton, though, is I've, I've put them down there, but it doesn't necessarily mean they'll, they'll finish there, obviously, because Dyche has got a far better team than he had at Burnley. And you know what Dyche is like for fitness, like his teams tend to run a lot. And the mm. midfield three kind of will probably be the thing that maybe keeps them up because a midfield three of Garner, De- uh, Anana, and Awobi or Decore, or even if they play a box, is Adrisa, pretty. It's pre- as well, aren't they? Yeah, it's pretty athletic, isn't it? And mm. got some quality. It's just scoring goals and keeping Calvert Lewin fit for them, isn't it? That's that's their mm. what's going to be their downside to it all. So I that, have... they're my they're my three. I think Bur- Burnley just hanging on by the skin of the teeth, even though I think they will play nice football, but I think they'll get found out a little bit. Yeah, I think they are signing the striker, aren't they? Is it tomorrow, Everton, from Sporting Lisbon? I think they've agreed a fee for, not sure what his name is, not someone who's really known, so yeah. we'll stay with that. Young, young lad, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, looking at your table, Adam, I mean, everything's pretty reasonable, I think. The only, there's one thing I will ask you, um, <laughs> the final question. You've gone for tenth, AFC Bournemouth. So go with oh, that. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for Christian to, to to step in here. I just think they've made some really good acquisitions over the last eighteen months or last six mm. months, should I say? January they really spent well, I thought. And then I think the the couple of signings I think they've made this season, though they're they're kind of experimental in some circumstances. They're kind of like the FIFA and FM Wonder Kids, aren't they? Like Kirkish at left back is good, but then Zavania at centre back who they signed in January could, could become good. But I think they've got a good nucleus of team and then they've brought in a manager who probably likes to play a bit more football than Gary O'Neill. So and and they've got a goal scorer in Solanke in my eyes. I think he is a good striker. So but I've put Bournemouth there because I couldn't decide on the rest, to be honest, because I think everyone's got such weak... Like Brentford losing Ivan Tony for so long, Mitrovic potentially refusing to play for Fulham anymore, Palace losing Zaha, and then Wolves, where, Lop- as well. 
and Lopetegui potentially down in tools at Wolves. So it's, <laughs> there's chaos at every single club. So I just thought Bournemouth are the only ones that have got any stability, really. I mean, doing my prediction, it is very much a sense of a top half and a bottom half. And it's like the bottom half, apart from probably the obvious ones, there's so there's probably like eight or nine teams you could probably say would have that, you make a case for that last relegation spot. Mm. Whereas like the top nine, you'd probably say there's a case for each of them to probably nick a place in Europe. Obviously, some yeah. of them 100% going to get in. So we'll move on to um, yours then, Christian. And, and again, we'll start with um, the Forest element. So you've gone for Forest in 13th. So a place higher than Adam. Three places higher than last year. So what's your reasons behind that? I just think, well, it's interesting. I looked at the table since Cooper signed his contract and it actually made very interesting reading. It, it, I know a lot of people, obviously going on to Bournemouth to answer Adam's point very quickly. I actually have Bournemouth in 15th because I think they could either be 10th, 15th or bottom. There'll be very little <laughs> in between that. It's either going to be a, a roaring success of this new manager and they're like the Fulham of last year or they sack him by November and they go down with about 15 <laughs> points. I don't, I don't, it doesn't, but they are signing very well. I think Alex Scott especially is a very good signing if they get that over the line. Have they signed him but, um, or yeah, back to? I think it's nearly done pretty much, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. it's looking, mm. yeah. So, we should be very fair play to them. They, they have signed well. I think that Otara as well on the wing, very handy player. So, yeah. we'll just have to see. I mean, obviously, West, I might lose Solanke to West Ham, but I don't actually think that's necessarily a bad thing. But, yeah, going back to Forest, I, obviously, the, coup, the, the table we had, and sorry, I just realized I got to the point the whole reason. Yeah, basically, O'Neill's Bournemouth from the table where Cooper signed his contract just narrowly avoided relegation. So, I completely see why they made that change. But, the table since Cooper signed his contract had Forest in 13th. We were eight points clear of the drop. And um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we did that again. We, we've, I know other teams have strengthened, but a lot of the teams around us currently haven't. And that's something mm. I think a lot of us need to remember. I know it's very difficult and frustrating that we aren't signing the players that we're linked with, that we know will improve the side. But West Hampton haven't signed anyone. Wolves have barely signed anyone. And they signed Matt Dogg's going to free and that's about it. Yeah. Like, you look at the teams around the Palace are losing at least they've lost Zaha. I think they've signed one person as a midfielder from Brazil. Like yeah, teams around us are struggling yeah. just as much. Everton, Everton could lose to Mari Gray. Yeah, okay, they've got Dan Juba on loan to sort of compensate for that. But it's not brilliant, is it? They still got Neil Moore pay up front because they can't trust Calvert Lewin to stay fit. <laughs> there are a lot of teams around us who are in a very similar boat to us. So I think yeah, I I base this prediction on the fact that we will sign at least three quarters of the types of players that we need. So, you know, uh, a defensive midfielder, a goalkeeper that can keep net. I mean, if that's Matt Turner, I'll revise my prediction now and put us bottom because he'll be replaced in January anyway. Uh, <laughs> a centre-back and maybe a left-back as well. Uh, I think if we get three quarters of those positions in with actual genuine quality like we have most to be linked with, there's no reason why we can't finish 13th or higher. Um, I do think that bottom, even with Fulham now, really, the Bottom nine, you could put in well seven yeah, of those order, yeah. in the order, really. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like throwing like throwing darts and seeing where it lands. I think everyone will mostly have Sheffield United and Luton as the nineteenth and twentieth. But it's mm. just who goes down with them, really. Yeah. There we also said that about Bournemouth last year, didn't we? Everyone expected Bournemouth to finish bottom and in the end they, they finished comfortably safe. So who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well he uh, got himself sacked into my his mouth, so <laughs> 
Um, just a few talking points on yours. Obviously, you've gone for the same in terms of Manchester City to win the league, Arsenal second. Do you expect that to be closer this year or do you think it'll be further apart? I think it will be closer. I think, you know, Arsenal, I know a lot's been made of the fee for Declan Rice, but Arsenal's problem wasn't scoring goals last season. It was, you know, that they did that in abundance. It was maybe just not having leadership or composure in key situations. I think, you know, obviously I know we mock at West Ham's valuation. I know you have several times, Reese, but they ultimately got 50 million shy of that. And I think realistically, if you're looking for one player that you know can guarantee success for your team or can guarantee you to be much more competitive for a position, you normally pull the trick on that. And I think with Rice, Arsenal have got that option. I think he will massively help shore things up. He'll help their attacking players even more and he'll help the defensive outlet even more as well. He's a phenomenal player who maybe hasn't, a bit like Grealish was at Villa, maybe hasn't got the full sort of like like the flowers he deserves, if you like, because he's been playing for a non-Tom Six side. But Rice makes that midfield so much better. Just him alone. I think Havertz is a, okay, maybe not a striker, but I think he's a decent acquisition for them that can work. And I don't, I don't really get why they're signing Raya, but each their own. He, I think Arsenal have got enough to close the gap. I think City's depth is weakened as well. So I think the gap will be closer. It, won't, it might even go to the last day. Wow. That would be some. Yeah, I mean, we're very much as football fans, as we've said on this podcast before, aren't we? We, we, we all want top whack for our players, but then we kind of scoff at other transfer fees set by um, other clubs. I mean, I'm a massive Declan Rice fan as well, and fair play for, I mean, I don't think he's 105 millions worth, but fair play to West Ham for getting that. Um, I think it was a great deal all round, wasn't it? Because, like you say, he, he does improve Arsenal for sure. Um, just a couple more talking points from yours. So you have, again, gone the same as Adam in Sheffield United and Luton to go down um, as the bottom two. But your last choice is different and your choice is Wolves. Why do you think it will be them who will get the drop this season? I just think they're in disarray. They, just, they, can't, they can't sign anyone. There's, there's a report every week about how Lepetigay wants to leave. There's, you know... I can't it, see that lasting long, like, you know, no, the fans are obviously furious because they've jacked the ticket price up again. The chairman's come out of a statement saying that they won't be buying anyone. Like it's it's not looking great, is it? The only team I'd say is in that's in maybe worse shape is probably West Ham at the minute, and that's why I've put them seventeenth as well because oh, that just seems a complete disaster at the minute. It's like you've stolen my thunder. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, well, again, like for those who take their preseason exceptionally seriously. They lost 4-0 to Leverkusen in their last friendly. Like, so oh, their yeah. team before it was the first competitive game, they were absolutely like hammered in, no pun intended. And like it just seems like you know, Moyes is furious. Like, you know, he's he's fallen out of his director of football. They can't everyone knows they've got a burning hole of 105 million pounds in their pocket, and everyone's added like their price up. Look at Wolf Prowse, for example. He's 29 this year, and Southampton won 40 million for him. Is that just because West Ham have come sniffing, or is that because they actually think he's worth that? Like, I think they made a mistake. I, I get what you're saying in terms of like it was good business for them getting 105 million for Rice, but they made a mistake making it so public that they got that much money because mm. now everyone knows they have that much money. They didn't get replaced. People were annoyed. People were annoyed to know that it was going to get a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, but then do your business early then. Do your business literally mm. as soon as the season finishes, have it already in place. Because if you know you're going to sell someone for that much money and you know every team's going to go, right, okay, jack your prices up because they're going to have it, just don't leave it. It's delivering Dave striking again. 
But yeah, I mean, I don't think they'll have a good season at all. I wouldn't be surprised if they went down. Um, in fact, I wouldn't be talking of final day dramas. I wouldn't be surprised if Everton, West Ham, and Wolves played out a final day scrap. Uh, for 18. <laughs> I did. I did yeah, want to ask. So ever, that's that. just so Everton into every deleted year. Who now you've said Wolves as well, Christian? I've completely forgot they've sold Jimenez, Neves, and Max Kilman. Yeah, sold well, Neves. It's like, yeah. well, Kilman's still there. Then, Kilman's still there. Yeah, Colin, uh, Nathan Collins went into Brentford. Oh, Collins Nathan Collins. Went, that sorry, that Brentford. Yeah, but then, um, but then they what? They're going to rely on Fabio Silva finally to to play. I mean. Hmm. Interesting up front. They've got that other guy, didn't they? The well, yeah, was it was the one from Stuttgart, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cunha. His ACL 50 million to like score. No, um, they, they had the <laughs> guy who they brought last guy. season who um, he did like his ligaments, didn't you? I think oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Serbian or Croatian I'm, lad. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure That's he was it, yeah. signed from He's the German club. I'm sure it was Stuttgart. Kaladzic or whatever. Yeah, it was. Yeah. They had full. What made it worse was like we talked about our injury department being a disaster and it was last season but they had full knowledge that he wasn't fully ready to play yet that could be a risk as ACL they played him anyway of course it inevitably <laughs> went off like 10 minutes it was like oh, god it's like what don't know like a 35 million pound signing as well and the pet gay was coming out saying that we can't expect him to be fully fit yet because he's just had a whole year off it's like no, I think this is this is the thing. I think also as well, what will be interesting, I know a lot of people are saying that the market's sort of like shifting because of Saudi. I think there's a lot of owners in the Premier League who know that two of those spaces are taken and can maybe go busy to this year, maybe try and tie in with FFP. It might be a bit of a scrap, but if you've got the quality there already, I think I'm looking at teams like Palace, maybe even West Ham as well. They'll be thinking, look, we bank all this money. We probably won't go down. Do we need to spend it? Just because there's very there's a, a, what a small chance of relegation. It's realistically there's, a, there's one spot left if you're already established. But then again, Leicester proved that last season that you can't take anything for granted. So mm, definitely. who knows? Yeah, I mean with West Ham, it seems a bit loggerheads, don't they? David Moyes seems to want to sign domestic players like James Ward-Prowse, as we mentioned, and then they've got a new. CEO or whatever is recruitment guy who wants to sign players from abroad. So, yes, um, not good when there's too many voices. And I think David Sullivan's caught in the middle. I mean, he was on TalkSport when they sold Rice, saying we've got to replace him. Well, they haven't and don't look like anytime soon they're going to replace him at the minute. So, um, because obviously the manager and the recruitment guy are arguing. Um, obviously, Lee's not um, joined us on this one, unfortunately. But... Um, I'll get his table up when I can find it. He did actually miss a team off at first, so I had to add that. He put or add that in for me. So he has gone again, same as you two. Manchester City to win the league. Um, Arsenal second. Teams to go down again. He's got same as you two. Luton and Sheffield United. He has got a different team to finish in the third spot, though. He has gone for Fulham. So. Um, that's an interesting one. I mean, we don't kind of know what's going to happen with Fulham at the minute. And that's why it's hard to do a prediction because it's still nearly a month for the window left and we don't know who's going to end up in what nick. But in terms of Forrest, he's gone for a 16th place finish, Liad. So that'd be the exact same as last season. Um, no real, I'd say, massive shots. Although he has gone for Tottenham to finish in sixth, two places above Newcastle. So that's... Um, I put one ninth because I just he's also got Bournemouth in eleven. Yeah, he's also got Bournemouth in eleven, Adam. So similar to you. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Couple of questions I am going to ask you. This is kind of off piece and put you on the spot is, um, first of all, we'll start with you, Christian, this one. Who, who would be your prediction for an early player of the season for Forrest? Okay, I say you probably give Dwight again, really. I mean, if ultimately, if Gibbs White has a season, like if he builds on what he did last season, let's say even if he had three more in each column, that'll be what eight goals and 11 assists. Pretty hard to look past yeah. that, really, if he does that. Yeah, so I think you know that's the most obvious solution. If you're looking for an unsung hero, as such, if you like, or maybe like that's my next question. <laughs> Go on, do it. I, I um, kind of thought the next question was the most improved slash. Who's going to really break through this season? I know we've seen glimpses from a few players, I can think in my mind, but who's going to really push on this season, would you say? I'm excited to see Danilo have a full season. I think mm. Mangala, now he's more settled. I know, I, from what I, I know, obviously, like we're facing this off, like, but I, I really like Mangala. I think he dictates our play so well. We really miss him. He doesn't play. But what I really like about him is how good he is in tight situations. Like, if you have two men around him, you'll still find a way to rig around. So I'm hoping we can keep him fully fit. Obviously, remember, he missed quite a big chunk in the first part of the season at yeah. that um, injury at Everton. Like, if we can keep him fully fit, then I can really, I think he'll be one that really stands out. But I'd like to think, for, I know obviously it's from early days and from what I've seen, hopefully I'm not doing a um, Apostolos Velios or Matt Derbyshire <laughs> here. But um, Ola Aina, I think, looks very handy, very capable going forwards. And you know, the best, like I said, the best compliment I can play him so far is that Obviously, we've lost a huge player in Lodi, and you know he looks more than capable of filling that, filling those shoes. So, yeah, I'm, I think Ina and Mangala be my two picks as ones that might like really break through. Anyone else um, for you, Adam? Um, who would you go player of the season? Anybody who you think's re- going to really have a good season, kind of cement their place in the team? I, I, I don't think you can really look past what Christian said in. Gibbs White and Danilo, I'd, I'd just be trying to stir up the pot if I said anyone completely different, to be honest. But yeah, you could say um, Ty, if Tyro got into double figures again, obviously Brennan Johnson. I mean, that would, if he was yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Tyro does this season because obviously at the start we thought it was a bit of a, a, a bit of a clogger, wasn't he? But Stay like, fit, when, be not. I think the first thing would be good, wouldn't it? Really? Yeah, if he gets a good run of games like he did at the end of the season, then he's a handful for anyone. And obviously, yeah. he seems to kind of improve his technical side a lot for, as as the season progressed. And I, I think what Christian says as well about Mangala now he's kind of adapted to the to the speed of the game. He's already physically very good and technically very good, but I think it was just his speed, like releasing the ball and kind of dictating the play. I think this season he'll be a massive player, especially if he stays fit. But I'd, I would have loved to say someone like an Aguilera or a Josh Powell that maybe break through, who's like surprised, like Cooper really phrased Josh Powell's pre-season. But I think he's kind of maybe put himself in the shop window of 
a, a good loan for him, as well as George Shelby in goal. So mm. it's it's been good that the young lads are still being given a chance. But it's like what we've said previously about they have to be now another level to actually break into the team because of the league we're in and the pressure of it all. It's it's difficult, but um, I think you've got to look at the usual suspects. And your Brennan Johnson's obviously another one. I think if if he has a like like what Christian says, if he has goals and assists to his tally from last season, then then you're looking at an extra twenty million on his price tag, as well as it helping us in the process. Yeah, um, and you've not gave your predictions. As I know. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, yours. A, I'm about. <laughs> I'm about to do mine now. It's, uh, <laughs> give me a chance. I'll do it. I'm not got like Bournemouth to win the league or anything wild. So they're very similar to you guys. So I've literally mauled for quite a while between City and Arsenal. Because I agree with Christian. I think it'll be really close this season, um, and it would generally wouldn't surprise me if Arsenal do do it. But I have been a massive advocate for Man City, saying they are the best team in the world. So. I have gone for them to pip it again. Um, I wouldn't begrudge Arsenal winning it. It'd be good, I guess, for somebody else to win it for once as much as I admire our Man City play. Um, I mean, I'll run through mine. So third, I've gone for Liverpool. Um, fourth for Manchester United. Fifth, Chelsea. Sixth, Newcastle. Seventh, Spurs. Eighth, Villa. Ninth, Brighton. <laughs> Tenth, West Ham. 11th, Brentford, 12th, Palace, 13th, Fulham, 14th, Bournemouth, 15th for us, which is the main one. So, a place higher for me for us this season. Um, 16th, Everton, 17th, Burnley. And then the traditional bottom two of Luton and Sheffield United. And then my final third pick in 18th is Wolves. Because um, like Christian said, I mean, they are just a bit all over the place, really. But there are so many teams, we've discussed this privately, there's so many teams in that bottom half. I mean, you like even as well, again, what Christian said, you could even include West Ham in there. So, a bit all over the place. So, you just, with obviously, why is it still four weeks left of the window? You just, I mean, it's, it is very hard to predict because as well, like you said, Adam, Spurs could lose Harry Kane. We don't know what's going to happen this week. Although I do... Apparently, he has said if he starts the season, he won't be going anywhere. So, um, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. But um, that's my 20. I mean, you got any pushback on that, any of you? Or it's going to let I mean, me off the hook? Well, West Ham in 10th when they're losing. <laughs> well, they're getting rid of Skamaka after a big transfer. Well, yeah, they're well, going to rely what, on Danny Ings and Mikel Antonio through yeah, the middle, I guess. It's, it it's, it is, it's absolutely baffling that you get that much money you don't replace Texan Rice. But I know like what Christian's saying, yeah, everyone knows I, you've got the pot to... To burn, I think yeah. they will. They will bring. I'd be vastly surprised if David Flynn. Sullivan don't pull one of these hundred strikers from Eastern Europe out his hat like he usually does and chucks Flynn, them in. Flynn, um, Flynn Downs in centre mid for Declan Rice. Yeah, um, that is a, is a I do. They, they meant to be closing in on. Um, is it Edson Alvarez from Ajax? I've seen they've been linked with. Mm. So also, I saw Romano say that they've agreed terms, but they haven't mm. spoken to Ajax yet. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, it, it, still it, it, it still wouldn't have surprised if they got Ward, Ward Price, I think. But the, I did it. I did enjoy that though on talks, but where they, they kind of said to Southampton, at 30 million, take it or leave it off her. And Southampton told them to piss off, which I was like, fair play, Southampton. Who's your early prediction for player of the season, Reese? An unsung hero? For, for player of the season, um, 
yeah, you, you couldn't see past the obvious ones, could you really? I mean, the problem for us is, like I mentioned to you, Adam, it's just players staying fit. You know, mm. Taiwo, Mangala, Niakate, Felipe might miss the start of the season. I think if he had a full season, he could definitely be up there, Felipe. Um, so, yeah, it's just about staying fit, really, for us. But um, the usual subject, I'd expect Gibbs White to push on. Um, if Brennan Johnson does a season with us, I'd expect him to push on again, to be honest. Um, Tywo, if he can stay fit for a whole season, I think he can get into double figures again, definitely. Um, and then obviously, you know, the most obviously Iron coming on anti on a free transfer, I think will be a good, useful addition for us. I'm not saying this guy's going to be player of the season by any stretch, but you, I'm looking forward to see what Alanga can offer us. Um, we'll, we'll see over the course of the season what he can do. So, and obviously, we've still got fingers crossed signings to be made because we, as we've spoke about, we need them, don't we? Well, Dean Henderson's been spotted in Nottingham. Yeah, well, you know, parking like terribly. Yeah, <laughs> apparently so. But um, they're all they're all rumours, aren't they, Ken? Um, according to Twitter. So, anyway, before we have a chat about the Arsenal game um, coming up, for those of you who do follow us on Twitter or whatever it's called nowadays, X or whatever Elon Musk fancies change its name to, and um, we had a competition to win a twenty-five pound voucher for the Forest Online shop, so you can get a kit at well, a shirt at. 2018 prices, um, obviously 75 quid nowadays. So we're going to do that now. Um, so I've got the website you've um, sent me, Adam. Um, so I put the link in and then it says it can load 200 wee tweets out of them for free. So we're going to go with that option um, and then we'll see. Um, don't want to apply any filters. Um, so it's loading up now. So we do want to say in. thank you for everyone entering. It was a bloody yeah, phone was you. going off like wildfire. Thank you very much for everyone who entered. It's right. So I have got the winner. So I'm going to check if they do follow us because that um they do follow <laughs> the us. Rules and regulate the, the fine. The print, rules and the regulations. Print, yeah. Yeah. So the, the winner is. Tweet. <laughs> um, I did do a mock run of this earlier to make sure it did work. So I'm not going to reveal who won that because that would be unfair. But the winner is um, at Lambert NFFC. Um, so his name is Just Lambert on um, Twitter. Um, he does follow us. So I'll make a quick note of that and I'll put that as a post. Um, well, I'd like to think that everyone's that. listened to so, is everyone's listening eagerly. Yeah. I'd like to think everyone's listening eagerly. So hopefully they'll get in touch with us as well um, yeah. to claim their prize. Um, but yeah. obviously. Well, I'll... I'll tag him in a post and that so um he can DM us, can't yeah. you? And we can we can send it over to him. Um well, yeah, we don't want to say obviously thanks for everyone for listening. Yeah, obviously the more people yeah. that listen, the more hopefully the more we can mm. do this in the future and, and it's and it's a good way of giving back because yeah. obviously everyone who's listening is 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 helping us out and, and grow grow the podcast. So and we yeah. we all enjoy doing it. Yeah, we do. Whatever your opinion is of us, um, <laughs> yeah, that's just football. Um, so anyway, um, moving on um, to the last part of the pod. So we're going to round it off and we're going to talk about the upcoming Arsenal game on Saturday, which, as I said, is a half 12 kickoff and also on TNT Sport or I'm sure it's on BBC Radio Nottingham if you get your commentary via the traditional method um, as what we used to back in the day. Um, you said we're doing a preview for that, Adam, didn't you? Um with, yes, we're um, going to talk to uh, Amanda from same old Arsenal, yeah. who we spoke to last season. So okay. that'll be it'll be a good chat. Okay, right. So 
Um, I've had to kind of sh- shift this round because I wrote this out with Art and with obviously Lee and mine coming on. But um, so it's going to be two questions for you, Adam, and then one for you, Christian, unfortunately, on this one. So I'll still start with you then, Adam. <laughs> um, this is our third visit to the Emirates, the last two, two five nil defeats <laughs> in different <laughs> circumstances. Um, I mean, of course, you are hopeful with a new season coming around, but being re- let's be realistic, it is going to be a tough ask to come away with a result. We do know that. I mean, what are your hopes for the game? Um, and is there any chance you think we can kind of think, oh, they might be a bit rusty? Uh, I mean, I haven't watched them today. I don't think they'll be rusty. I mean, they pressed City extremely well from the front. They just couldn't finish the dinner. I mean, the goal they scored was very fortunate. But yeah. I think if Kai Havertz plays centre-forward, I think it, I kind of give us half a chance because he's just not a focal point. He doesn't like... That's a hat for him then. Yeah, well, probably. Yeah. I've, I've obviously cursed it. But I, I think if we can kind of do what we did at the city ground which is is obviously a bit more difficult but it seems to do an away ground I don't know why because it's the same 11 players and it's the still same football pitch it doesn't make any sense to me but yeah I think if we can frustrate them and hit them on the counter we've then, then we've also always got a chance but I think we've got to be very clever in how we do things be very disciplined very focused and and when we get the chance we have to be extremely good at like passing and, and getting into the space and, and hitting them where, where it hurts. I think a lot of free kicks and throw-ins and stuff is where we're going to probably get them as well as, because I think uh, Ola Anya's got a bigger throw than, than Nia Kate as well. So oh, well, yeah, ideal. it will be ideal. It, will be, it might give them PTSD of Stoke. So yes. Roy <laughs> days, yeah. 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 So I, th- I think we, we're going to have to play a very ugly game, which people are going to moan about because they think, football has to be played in a certain way but when we haven't got the capabilities of doing so we've got to play to our strengths and that's on on the counter on 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 the break with with the likes of Gibbs White Johnson and Alango and, and maybe Tywo or, or Dinello going going forward the other way and and hopefully that's how we we get anything out of the game I, I don't expect us to get anything out of the game if I'm being realistic with my football hat on but when there's a when there's a hope, there's a there's a chance, isn't there? Well, yeah, well, like you say earlier, there's several ways to skin a cat, isn't there? So, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, I will pair Lee's prediction with that answer. And unfortunately, he's gone for a 3-0 win to the newly holders of the Community Shield. So, cheers for the positive one on that one, Lee. <laughs> um, but fair enough. Um, Christian, I'll go on to you. Um, I mean, where do you expect the key battles will lie on that day? <laughs> um, <laughs> how many saves our goalkeeper can make? In, in, yeah, in goal, I was about to say. <laughs> um, no, I mean it's basically going to be a tactical attempt to be defence, isn't it? It's a training exercise, just on a much higher level. Um, that's from no, that's from no fault of our own, really. I mean, like that's just full testament to where Arsenal are now and the players they've recruited and the style they're playing. Like, it's just about picking your battles, really. It's just hope it isn't embarrassing but um midfield will be the key battle because fair enough i know they're a bit mentally sort of shell shots at the city grounds but um you know I, I felt that the midfield three we had that they were relentless like in terms of like pressing and putting them under pressure and but also keeping compact like there was no 
I think I can't remember who did that analysis of the day for it, but basically the midfield dropped. It was like a very small, like yeah, almost between two the, gap between the, yeah, the midfield and the defense. defense. And the midfield, yeah, had, I think it was, I think yeah, it was Danny so, Murphy, I think. That's right, which is sad. But um, no, it just means if you suffocate the space, then they, you know, they, they will ultimately struggle, even with people like Declan Rice and Kai Havertz, and they might start ended up taking long, long range efforts just to try and combat that. So that's yeah, midfield's where it's going to be sort of done because, but also defence. I mean, like as I said, we can't afford to play too high a line because we don't have the pace to deal with it. Simple as that. Like Iner and Aurier can recover. I have every faith in one of them. Actually, maybe not all. Yeah. Every faithful one, at least trying to, but if Saka or Martinelli get behind, say, Warrell or McKenna, for example, it's probably going to be a shot on target, if not a goal. So, you know, we can't, it's, that's going to be, it's going to be the defensive midfields. And if we can just sort of you know, suffocate the space, keep tight, keep compact, just try and frustrate them as long as possible, um, then who knows? We might, we might sneak a draw, we might get a lucky counter and win it. Who knows? It's weird things happen in 12 30 kickoffs. So that's one pet my pets on. So I'm going to push you for a prediction then. And you can only have one prediction. I don't want any of this or what may or may not happen. One prediction. Um, well, what, one of my Arsenal mates has this very annoying but funny tendency to say something and the opposite happens. And it happened several times today, actually, during the Community Shield. So he said that... Um, he said, there's no way Arsenal would score. And then obviously they did. He said, there's no way De Bruyne would miss his penalty. And then obviously he did. <laughs> and there was another one for an for good measure as well. And he said, he's convinced it's going to be a very close game, which tells leads me to believe it's probably going to be a fucking <laughs> annihilation. So <laughs> with that in mind, um, I'm also going to go for in an Arsenal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't but... want to be five. I can't, we can't have three, five, no losses in a row. No, we can't do that. <laughs> <I can't. laughs> I think, I think um, yeah, we can't concede as early as we did last year. I think it was five minutes once last year. And you go to these type of places, and if you concede early, then it's it's a hard enough task as it is. It's just a proper uphill battle if you concede early. And, I mean, the goal we conceded early last year, I mean, a diving header from Martinelli. You know, he's not exactly like Alex yeah, Shearer, no. a striker, is he? He's, <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a, an inside forward. So, um, yeah, finally, Adam... Um, we'll, we'll try and end on the positive one because I don't want it to be all doom and gloom. Um, do you think there's a way we can hurt Arsenal? And if so, how? By being shithouses, in all <laughs> honesty. It's literally like Yates falling on the ball. It's just being very anti-football, unfortunately. As much as that pains me to say, that's how it's going to be. But I, I do think if if we if we can intercept the ball like we did in the game at the City Ground where Gibbs-White picks the ball up from the centre of the pitch and can drive at Arsenal, then there's the space to attack because like Arsenal are going to have a lot of the ball. They are going to allow those gaps to, to emerge. So it's about picking our moment. It's about being patient. And I think if we... Can, can do that, then there's no reason why we can't get out Arsenal. And, and like Christian says, if the game goes on for a long period of time without Arsenal breaking through us, then the more chance that we've we've got of of, of hurting them eventually, because they'll get frustrated. So I think that's the, the only way to go about it. But I do think home advantage will pay in it. And it, I, I will probably, I'm going to predict a loss of 2-0. Of um, I think Arsenal will get off to a to a decent start for the season, unfortunately. But that's the way I think it will it will go if we're going to get anything out of the game. 
if obviously, just to um, finish with you, if we take the goalkeeper and the fence out of it, how would you go with this? I'll ask you both this. How would you go with the midfield and the attackers? Who would you who would you pick? So I'd go I'd go Yates, Mangala, and Danilo, and then I'd go Gibbs White through. I'd go either Gibbs White or Langer through the middle, and then one of them out wide with Johnson if he's fit enough. If if not, I don't. Quite quite difficult. Maybe even go like Nico Williams just to offer you a bit more protection against someone like Martinelli out wide. But I think that's a bit too negative for me. So probably end up going with Chris Wood, unfortunately, just to be a focal point and be a bit of a bastard up there. So would you go with a would you go with a five at the back and then yeah three, yeah yeah go kind of like Ori Ori and 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 Anya at, at full back and then. Mm. McKenna, Bolly, and Warrow at centre halves because we've got no one else. Unfortunately, it's just or unless being, unless, yeah, or or being kind of like suddenly fit enough to play ninety minutes like the Emirates. Then I, I can't see that. No, I can't either. I mean, what about you, Christian? What team would you uh, go mid, with? I'd probably go for similar to how we went at Liverpool and Chelsea towards the end of the season. I go for a five-three-two flat. Mm. Um, yeah, so it would be the midfield would be Mangala, Yates, and Danilo, and then I would probably sacrifice Johnson for a focal point. I'd have Gibbs White and a one if he's fit. And then oh. thing is, I mean, I don't think Woods necessarily the worst option off the bench, but mm. would I want to start him against Arsenal? I, I mean, he's a sort of player that would rattle him enough. At least they can run the channels. I, mean, <laughs> I, I think Alanga. He gives give you the same. If the, the game was tight later though, on, right? yeah, I mean, if the guy, if the game was tight later on, say for an hour, and it was still nil nil or even one nil to Arsenal, we did have to, you know, throw the spring, kitchen sink. Yeah, and we obviously yeah. Langer and Johnson are very both very quick, so something that could push us up the. That'd be good. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I think I think that's something we we try to do with mixed results towards the end. It was like mm. we did again Chelsea and Liverpool. Actually, against Liverpool, to be fair, Johnson was very good when he came on, but. Mm. If you, get, if you can get Johnson and Langer against tired legs of half 20 minutes to go, let's say, and it's we're in the game, then yeah, there's a mm. chance. But I think what worked for us so well last season and those games, specifically away from home towards the end when we did go for that 5 3 2, was that there was a focal point. So I think it would be Gibbs White and Awani. If he's fit, if he isn't fit, I probably would go start for Woods. And I know that might be unpopular, might that might be a bit wild, but the fact is we are we aren't gonna be playing pretty football. Like Adam said, there's, there's a good chance the ball will go long. More often than not, when we're clearing yeah. our lines. So it's in very that's why that's why I lean against starting Johnson, because there's no point smacking up Lonnie Johnson and having Saliba like just run straight through him every single time. Whereas at least with Woods, he might, you know, fight him back or win some headers or something. That's kind of why we signed him, I guess, to sort of stuff like that. So yeah, I think that's what I'd do anyway. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I I think obviously if we're obviously clearing his lines, if we've got with respect to Gibbs right and just Johnson up there them two, 99 times out of a hundred it's probably just going to come back at us. Whereas like you said um, Christian and Adam, if you've got Wood up there, at least he can, you'd expect him to put himself about a bit. You know what I mean? He's a big guy, isn't he? So he should really relish the physical battle. Um, hopefully Tyro's fit, but the fact that he hasn't played in the last few friendlies, I'm not too sure, but we'll see on that. Nothing's Apparently, really been said, has it? So. He went to Germany with us mm. and wasn't in a boot or anything, just didn't play. Right. So well, I, I, that's only rumours and speculation. 
but yeah, maybe we are just like as a precaution, just say, look, all right, just rest up and hopefully give us an hour against Arsenal and go from there. Yeah, you, you need like Wood to like hopefully. win free kicks, don't you? That's, that's yeah, like, just get us up the element. pitch. Yeah, you know, you, you, you can't like I know Christian said it, it's going to be attack versus defense, which probably for a large period of the game it will be, but you can't have it the whole bloody game. You, you know, you need to get out at some points, and I think it was like you said, Adam, you got to at times pick your moments, you know, absolutely. They're not not immortal, Arsenal, they have got frailties, and like we've said, if we can. They'll expect to be as a hundred percent. If you're an Arsenal fan going to that game, you'll write down on your coupon a one next to Arsenal, and they will fully expect to get three points. So the more we can frustrate them, and the longer if that went on, the crowd would get a bit restless. And you know, you know, you never know in football because weird things happen in football. But yeah, it, it is going to be a tough game. Um, I'm going with my head, and I, I do expect Arsenal to win, but. Um, I'm going to go with a little bit of my heart in terms of that. We will get on the score sheet. And I'm going to go for the the 2-1 scoreline, which was the, the first day of the season of the 98-99 season. Um, no Jeff Thomas in his team, though, unfortunately, this time. <laughs> but um, in that lovely blue kit, what we had uh, back in the day. Um, so, I mean, as we mentioned earlier on in the pod, um, we will go through the game in more depth um, with an Arsenal fan uh, during the course of the week, so look out for that. Um, but anyway, that's it for this episode. Um, safe travels to those making the trip to North London on Saturday. I know you're going, Adam. Oh, um, yes. I think you're the only one out of us who's actually going, aren't you, for this one? So Yeah, tick it off, so, the, yeah. off the list. So, yeah. Or, okay. Right, so anyway, thanks for listening, and um, we'll see you next time, and come on, you Reds. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.